The CFOs that get it, get it. The CFOs that don't, don't. Let's talk about the CFO, the Chief Financial Officer. There are two kinds of CFOs. One who's struggling to keep up, spreadsheets everywhere, manual processes. It takes weeks to close the books. The other kind is on top of their game. Automated reports, inventory, commerce, and HR flow into the financial model seamlessly. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. That's why NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system used by over 28,000 growing businesses. 93% of businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Head to netsuite.com slash c-suite for a special one-of-a-kind financing offer. That's netsuite.com slash c-suite. netsuite.com slash c-suite. Get the inside track on 20 top business trends for 2020 from Joel Block. Joel's insights bring Wall Street to your street so you can profit from the inside in 2020. Just text the word TREND to 72000. That's 72000 and download your free copy today. Grab your phone and get the inside track on business trends that affect you and your business. Just text the word TREND to 72000 for your copy now. This is Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. Insights to give your business the inside track. And now, here's your host, Joel Block. Advertising agencies don't seem to perform. Marketing doesn't seem to work. How do we deliver some help to our sales team so they'll close more deals? To answer that question... Sean Doyle. Sean, welcome to the show. To being on the inside track and definitely growth processes. Been on my mind. Let's talk. So how you, um, how would you address uh, somebody who says that agencies don't work, marketing doesn't work? Uh, you know, what is it that uh, the companies need to do to support their sales teams better? <sighs> First, I'd sigh and I'd say, I've been doing this for 35 years and a good counselor probably wouldn't say this, but I'd say, I've heard this before. You're not alone. And, you know, there's, there's a, a world littered with failed agencies. And, uh, and I, I deal with that a lot. So, you know, over 30 years, more than 5,000 client engagements. You know, there are some insights. There's an inside track, to borrow your phrase, Joel, that, um, that we can chase, that we can pursue. And it, and it looks like sales lift. It looks like pursuing your top prospects. It looks like uh, a process to help executives uh, not waste time. Uh, it probably looks like investing in something that maybe marketing has never looked like before, which is more late stage sales support for your sales team. You know, what, what, I, what I'm noticing, uh, you know, we live in a world that's uh, all about techniques and tools and, mm -hmm. and just tchotchkes really, just a bunch of stuff. You know, I'm constantly being barraged by companies that say, we have a new tool. Why don't try our new tool? You know, it'll help double your sales, you know. So how, how important are, are like the CRM packages and the list building packages and the database packages? And I mean, is that is that like the kind of thing that you're talking about that, that supports marketing? Years and years ago, a guy named Jimmy Connors, you remember him, tennis player? Yeah, sure. He had the, 
Yeah, he came out with a T2000, which was the first metal frame tennis racket. Okay. And uh, he got accused of winning because uh, he had this technology. So he said, all right, great. So he challenged, I think it was Arthur Ashe. I'm not remembering the story perfectly, but so somebody played, a professional played with the newest technology and he played with this old ratty wood pressed frame that, you know, the Wilson racket that we all grew up with if we're of a certain age and he demolished them, right? It was not the tool. It was, it was, it was how he used the tool. So yeah, I, I think there's a lot of technology out there. That's a great um, we, story, by the way. That, that, that is a great illustration, that story. It's true. It's so yeah. true. I've, uh, I, I was going to go down the path of I've got a wolf stove up in my kitchen, but I still cook like me. But, yeah, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, true? yeah, it is. It, it, and I think the technology landscape, especially in sales, is a confusing one. There's probably over 9,000. I've heard up to 13,000 different types of tech in the marketing and sales landscape right now. How do you even sort through that? And, and, and that's a challenge that we've been working through. And our revenue operations officer, Will Riley, has built a model that breaks it down to three. There's three types of technology. One's that early stage stuff we all talk about, lead generation, blah, blah, blah. But then there's this more interesting technology to me. And it's more interesting to me because it closes more deals. It makes hundreds of millions of dollars because it's focused more towards sales enablement. It's focused towards closing deals. Most people have this big bank account sitting in their prospect list and they've never withdrawn from it. And every time they go to marketing, they just go out and create more awareness and more early stage sales kind of work. They don't know how, most agencies don't know how to support sales late stage. So your question about technology is, I think that middle stage, that sales enablement stage, that we would, sales guys are probably going to call it a, a late stage uh, opportunity. You know, that's, that's a great place to start investing in technology and looking at it and simplifying it. And then that third category that our revenue operations guy defines is just customer success. You know, yet another, I was listening to another uh, one of your podcasts uh, and great insights on uh, it's a different team, that inside sales team, that current customer success sales team needs a different set of tools. And that's that third set of technology. So we always break down our- So, so, so help us understand because you're using some language here that, that let's get all clear. I'm trying to confuse people is, and make them think I'm smart. Well, yeah, listen, listen, that's what we all do. You know, that, that's the trick. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's one of our secrets. You know, and that's the inside track, by the way. You're giving it away. You oh, know, I'm sorry. I blew that. No, blew tell that. us, um, what is early stage, middle stage, late stage when it comes to marketing and sales? Yeah. What are you referring to? Great question. So it's, uh, I'll start with sales and marketing alignment as a phrase, as a term that's got a lot of traction right now. And what we see is actually not important. What we have identified is a science that we can stand on. We can stand with surety. And it's, a, it's the transtheoretical theorem of behavioral change. How about that for a mouthful? You, you so, better say that one again. <laughs> the transtheoretical theorem of behavioral change. Uh, three behavioral scientists wrote this book uh, called Changing for Good. And they were looking at how people change behavior. Well, I was reading this 
years back, 10, 12 years back. And I thought, this is actually a consumer decision journey, right? This is what, this is the steps of change is the way people buy, right? Buying anything is a change of behavior. I was buying from one group. Now I'm going to buy from another group. And it's actually in B2B where we focus even more complicated because there's two, three, four, 10 maybe decision makers. So you've got to take groups of people through behavioral change. So early stage, that's what your ad agency worked on. They were trying to create awareness. That's the most common word. Uh, they were trying to create awareness. Well, the science teaches that what you've really got to cause is someone to consider doing something differently. Being aware of something doesn't mean you're going to change. I've been aware I needed to lose 15 pounds for a long time. It didn't prompt me at all towards the process of change, right? You had to do something to make me contemplate. So the science calls that pre-contemplation. So, but you've been limping along. You're, you're, I would suggest your businesses have been limping along with marketing that creates awareness that doesn't understand the science of change to cause people to contemplate doing something differently. But that's not what you asked, is it? You asked for what are the stages? So that early stage. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no I, I like this. So, so stage one is awareness. Yeah, awareness. And then from there, you get someone who's contemplating. And if somebody is contemplating what the behavioral science teaches us is now they're aware there's a different way, right? There's aware that a problem exists. They're contemplating and maybe, maybe admitting they need help. Well, let me translate that for you. You keep hearing about this from marketing automation technology companies and website development companies. They're saying, People are on your website. They, they're talking about their past. They're looking. They're seeking information. Uh, and the website is the way to convert leads. Well, what's really happening with the real cause, the root cause, the science, is saying people are looking for help. But, and this is where the biggest mistake happens, people pursue leads. Well, often people are just reevaluating what they want to do, reevaluating the way they're doing things, they're not really ready to talk to a counselor. They're not ready to talk to a salesperson. They don't want all your marketing emails. They didn't sign up for your crap to come into their email box every week. So don't do that. Just help people. Just help people. Selling in as helping is a model that works because we are all changing behavior. I mentioned the weight I needed to lose. Joel, I didn't need you to call me and keep telling me I needed to lose 15 pounds. I needed you to help me, right? I needed you to not make me two pounds of wings on the smoker and invite me over for some great beer, right? I needed you to make me a salad, maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, quit forcing this. So, all right. So, so stage one is awareness. Stage two is contemplation. Yeah. Then you go from there. And get people to contemplate. Right. And then people start planning, right? If you can help people move forward, if you understand marketers understand their job is to help people get stuck out of that bad behavior. It's to inspire them. And there's different ways you can do that. You can do that rationally. You can do that emotionally. You can do that through helping relationships. The science breaks down amazingly insights into how to help people. I mean, we're really all behavioral change experts if we're in sales and marketing, or we should be. So, so then phase three, if I could put a name on it, I would call that inspire action. 
Right, right. So actually, it's funny you'd say action. That's stage four. But stage three is planning on action. So before you take action, right, I'm, let's just stick with my weight loss problem. Yeah, we should probably do something more interesting. <laughs> um, it's just easy to relate to. But let's say I'm buying a huge piece of capital uh, equipment. I'm going to buy a $300,000 piece of equipment to move dirt and I needed to reach a long way. Well, okay, so I'm looking at that. I hear of Caterpillar, but now I'm on uh, doing my research and I'm looking at Komatsu. Well, the Komatsu cost about 30% less. I wonder why. So now I'm going to go into planning. I, I've contemplated, I've explored, and now I'm in the planning stage where I need a little bit of help. I'm beginning to intend to act. I'm beginning to go, maybe I can see some benefits to this change. So sometimes this is somebody who is willing to give you their name, maybe take a meeting or a telephone call, and maybe they move forward. The science teaches us that if they're not going to take action in the next six months, that they're not really that close to making a change to exchange relationship. It's actually a great insider tip to looking at pipeline reports that are inaccurate. Most people think they have deals closer to action than they are. It's people who are going to make a change a year or two years from now. Because people can yo-yo, you know, that 15 pounds. I've been yo-yoing on that for 10 years, uh, just haven't ever gotten there. Then we move to action, right? Now we're actually making change. We're delving into specifics. And this is where sales is really, really good. And most marketing doesn't know how to help. And, and sales also, I'm going to say, sales gets compensated on closing deals, right? Their paychecks coming from closing deals. So if you and I, Joel, are trying to close a deal, and I think you're a marketer and you don't know what you're doing, I'm, what am I going to do? What are you going to do to me if you think I'm a, I am a marketer? So you're trying to close it. You're getting sidestepped. Yeah, you're going you're gonna, to, I don't need help. Thank you. And I think that's a credibility that marketers must earn. I mean, you can, okay, simply said, go ride with sales. Ask them how to close late stage deals and then find out where you could help them. How can you build resources for them? The behavioral science gets actually pretty complicated and we won't go into it in depth, but you know, there's rewards, there's countering, there's environmental controls, there's helping relationships, there's processes that the behavioral science are rooted on that, that allow us to get better results than we've ever gotten before. I've been doing marketing thing for 30 years. It's the last 12 years that I've been. But our, our discussion our discussion is about how marketing helps sales. Yeah, exactly. So how, so how does marketing pitch in on what you call planning action and inspiring action or, or closing? How does marketing parallel and track with the salespeople who are actually doing those things uh, for people? Yeah, yeah, well, so there's two things that are required. First of all is a language, right? You and I can agree to speak English. And by doing that, we can exchange ideas. I can use words. You can understand what I'm saying. You can direct me, guide me, point me. I understand where you are. And uh, that has to happen with sales and marketing. Often, again, I'll accuse marketers of not diving in enough to understand what salespeople are talking about what they need, what they want, the way deals work. Uh, you know, there's this practical route. So there's no language. Without a language there, marketers can never really help. And two, without having a platform, I, said, I, I feel like I'm selling science here, right? And I guess I am. I would tell anybody who wants to be a great marketer or an executive that's leading sales and marketing to get this book, Changing for Good. I wish I wrote it. <laughs> um, but you can get it used on Amazon pretty cheap. But by understanding behavioral science, you know how to help. So your question is, how do we help close a deal 
with someone who's at action. They're, they're looking for budgets, resources assigned. They're taking ownership of what it might look like. They're evaluating what is the cost to me. So let's think about value proposition. Value proposition typically uh, gets broken into an economic and dialogue of revenue gains and cost reductions. Marketers, you should be bringing in, and, and executives, if you're not bringing in the aspects of it that are personal to the decision makers, then you're missing a massive lever that you can use to close deals. So there's an economic cost to buying your, your object, your thing, or your service, but there's also an emotional cost. So if I report up to Joel at Bullseye Capital, and I decide to bring in a service, well, Joel's evaluating me. So my career is standing on it. So what are you doing, marketers, to equip salespeople to teach the buyers of your offering that they're safe? How are you creating safety for them? How are you encouraging? How are you giving an environment that helps sales close? It's beyond the rational, the revenue gain, the cost reduction, the value proposition, the value triad has three components. Right, so you know that's tough. I, I line up way more on the sales side. I mean, I, I'm I'm a seller. Oh, yeah. I, I love to sell. I love to close. I like to talk to guys about doing deals. But it helps me a lot to think about these four buckets: awareness, contemplation, planning to take action, and then you know maybe taking action. And the salesperson yeah, is is doing a lot of those <laughs> things. But you know, I would uh, if it was me. Uh, and, and I don't know if you're talking about using automation or, you know, what kinds of approaches you use to help move people down this path. But I just think as a salesperson, if I, if I know that somebody now is contemplating, then I have to get them to start planning or preparing. And among the things that I personally do, and, and I don't know how you build this in, is, you know, I'll build in a little bozo filter here and there, you know, like a little... I disqualify people. I ask disqualifying questions all the time, you know? So if somebody's a bozo and they're wasting time, uh, they fall out of the cycle because we build something in that forces them out. Do you guys have ways of doing that sort of thing? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so I, w- I think I had to learn more about this bozo uh, idea. Uh, maybe I can apply it. Um, you pointed towards technology in your question. And I would say that late stage sales does have some technology that matters, that sales enablement technologies. Um, we helped recently close a client, close a $250 million lifetime deal. Well, how do we do that? We actually delivered and created safety, as I mentioned, to all the executive team. You know, technology allows you, account-based marketing allows you to deliver messages, advertising, if you want to call it that, to the full executive team, for example. Let's say, again, I'm selling to Bullseye Capital and there's five decision makers to buy my product. Well, I can actually deliver messages that are late stage messages, not early stage. So you're not trying to create awareness, right? I've already got my deal in and somebody at Bullseye Capital is saying, let's consider this. I think they can really make a difference in our business and yada, yada, yada. Well, I can deliver messages. So what we did in this example using technology was we talked to the salespeople, right? So the salesperson better than anybody knows the deal. So they said, here's the three points we're selling against because their current vendor is failing in three ways. Well, that business intelligence 
always is probably going to have to come from sales. Yeah, it can be in the CRM. It can be there. But I mean, just call the, just call sales. $250 million deal. It's worth calling somebody. So just talk to them. We found the three ways that their current vendor was failing and delivered messages that created safety that if they would make the change to this new provider, that these three things were going to go away. We, the, the, the buyers saw these three problems as strengths of this new vendor. The great thing about technology is right, I can deliver messages to that full executive team and they only see it. You would have never seen it. You would have seen it because you're bullseye capital. You're going to buy it. Nobody else than bullseye is going to see this. You know, you're, it's not just throw an ad onto Google and hope bullseye sees it. It's one-to-one. Marketing can be one-to-one in today's environment. And it's astonish. So if you're not aligned with sales, then you're not, you're not helping somebody move through the process of change. You're not helping support sales. So if you're executives who are trying to grow your company, hit some number, especially when you get a number that's been ramped up a little bit maybe, or you've run into an economic bump or a, a production bump or something that you're struggling with, and you're looking at that number going, yeah, I got a, that's a big nut to cover. How am I going to do it? I'm telling you, late stage marketing is the place to put some money. It's a lever you probably haven't pulled efficiently. So what's an, what's an example? Help us understand it a little better. Well, from a human standpoint, let's start with thinking. You have to find somebody who can talk late stage. So I would say as you're interviewing your internal marketers or an outside counsel, ask us some questions. Ask some questions that indicate that that person understands sales and that they understand how to, to work with sales or it comes from a sales background. And this concept of revenue operations is drawing that in. I think there's some problems with revenue operations, conversation for another day. But the good thing about revenue operations, the idea of an umbrella that covers sales and marketing under one leader is that sales understanding is most often where that starts. And that's that leader. That leader typically comes up from sales. So, that the other aspect of, of how to do this, so find people to help you that understand late stage sales, that have a point of view. And then the other thing is look at different technology sets than the stuff that's so shiny. And right now, I think that by far the best investment is in an account-based marketing uh, because it's delivering this one-to-one advertising. It's delivering one-to-one marketing so when, when Joel goes home from Bullseye Capital and, and looks at the news, I'm delivering a message to him on his iPad. Uh, you know, he's seeing larger companies. You're seeing it on over-the-top advertising when you watch the Celtics play Thursday night. So that, that, would, that would be, for example, um, I've already clicked on something on, you know, on Facebook. And then when I go to another computer, they're showing me an ad for it to remind me. So now they're not working on awareness now they're kind of working on getting me to contemplate, right? You know, and then or, or some something. I imagine that's kind of what they're thinking. Is that kind of what the steps are? Well, and I would say ask. That's a great question to ask your current marketing. If you're an executive or working with somebody, ask that question because I bet ninety five percent of the listeners. The ads that are being delivered, what you just referred to as remarketing, the term is remarketing. So when you're doing remarketing ads, you know someone's done something, taken action. I bet most of you are delivering ads to create more awareness. You're not delivering ads to help people move forward in contemplating. So you should have two ad sets at least. You should have a, an ad set that helps you contemplate. You know, if, you're not, if you're not aware of this pro- progression, 
then you wouldn't change the nature of your ads. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it actually, the kind of your scientific thinking about this is very smart. I mean, there is a lot of inside track here because, mm. uh, you know, when you kind of pull back the curtain a little bit, you think each ad needs, has a different job. The, the ad has a different job right. at level two than it had at level one. And when you think about it that way, you can write your ad differently and you can, uh, get different results. And the greatest aha for us is that now you can take stage four action and help somebody close a deal into sold and serving. You can help somebody move to an exchange relationship. The science would call it behavior has changed, right? So you can deliver ads. Ads can be effective through the entire sales cycle, but you're wasting your money if you just keep trying to create awareness. And that's where the science is the aha moment. And we've literally helped our clients make hundreds of millions of dollars. And it ain't because we're smart. It's not because we have access to better technology. It's not because we do better ads creatively. It's because of a, a point of view that informs how we use these tools. It's a point of view based on this changing for good book, this trans theoretical uh, model, this theorem of behavioral change. Hey, listen, I, I, I don't think there's like one science on behavioral change either, but look at, look at science. I mean, go ahead and base your decisions. In fact, Joel, I think you'll like this. Our staff is actually not allowed to come in a meeting and say, Joel, we think, you know, this is the ad you should use and uh, we like it. We, we like it. I mean, I mean, how many times have you approved creative or something that your marketing team did and you said, I like it? So I want to challenge you to quit saying I like it right now. Stop it. Just stop. Because you don't talk to your CFO that way. You don't talk to manufacturing that way. You don't talk to sales that way. I mean, can you imagine your CFO coming in and saying, well, here's how second quarter closed. I like it. No, you're not going to say I like it. Well, you might like it, I hope. But you're going to ask questions. You're going to ask informed questions because as an executive, you've learned about how to engage. You, you, you don't. If the guy running your plant floor or running IT for your services platform came in and gave a report and, or you asked them to say, how's it going? And they say, I like it. You wouldn't accept that as an answer. But when it comes to marketing, most executives are ill-equipped. And I am passionate about equipping executives to give informed answers. So what do I want you to do? I want you to say this creative, this marketing is going to inform a buyer who's getting ready to close on this deal, therefore I approve it. Or this buyer, this prospect has never understood, had no awareness of the problem. And it's not that they're aware of our company because there's lots of stories of companies who have great awareness. Everybody knows who they are, but they have no clue how it matters to them. So as an executive, don't say I like that ad. Say I can see how that ad informs people who are in denial, uninformed, or defensive or demoralized about their situation because it helps move them to contemplation. You know, I like, I'll approve the website because it helps somebody who's contemplating a change move into planning. How are you doing that? Well, there's rational tools. There's emotional tools. And most of us also in B2B, as an aside, a quick tip, look at your website right now. Joel, I, I, I did not test yours, but I did look at your site earlier. And I wonder, I bet 
you strike me as a very rational person. And I bet most businesses listening are very rational. So by nature, what gets approved on your websites tends to look rational. Um, well, a lot, of, yeah. a lot of people decide emotionally, right? I mean, you help people make let a me, lot let of- me, let, me understand, yeah, yeah. let me understand something. Let me understand something. Um, if they've come to your website, they're already aware of you. Right. So does that mean that now that a website is a contemplation tool or, you know, like a landing page might be an awareness tool or what, what is, what is a website? What kind of tool is it? What level are you at when they go to the website? Yeah. It's for someone who's contemplating, right? You can't buy something that you're unaware of, right? So you've, I'll give some credence. There is a role for television advertising. These big broadcast mechanisms, a Super Bowl ad is still the most per thousand cost per thousand, most effective way to make people aware that something exists, right? So that's, I'm not saying that doesn't work, but I'm saying aware that something exists doesn't help you buy it, right? I was, I was aware that Google existed, but I was not aware that Google had a platform that my entire team could collaborate on and that I didn't have to buy Microsoft Word on every single individual computer. I'm a little embarrassed to say, I mean, I only made that switch five years ago to the centralized platform. So my awareness that Google existed, I've been using it since the 90s or whenever they launched. Um, but I, and everybody uses it, right? But were you aware of what Google could do to impact your life? I didn't know it was the strongest and most powerful ad platform on the globe. I didn't know that the, you know, Amazon, right? I bet most of your listeners know of Amazon. They're aware of Amazon. Are, but are you aware that Amazon Web Services provides probably the most secure, trusted server platform for e-commerce on the globe? And their revenues are astonishing. I bet a lot of yeah, people have yeah, no yeah. aware, you know, so you can be aware of a brand without knowing how it matters to you. I don't think Hey, I, you know, I hate it when I hear an executive say, well, everybody, everybody in town knows we're here. We've been here for 150 years. Well, okay. So what? You know, <laughs> I, I want to know, I want to hear you say that everybody knows how we matter to them. And I'd rather that everybody in town not know who we are. If I'm selling Amazon Web Services, if they call me tomorrow, I'm going to say, well, let's make sure everybody who makes buying decisions about hosting platforms that need security knows who you are. I don't care if Joel and Sean ever hear about us. You know, that's a much wiser use of money. Yeah. So, I mean, I, well, this is, this is pretty fascinating, you know, that marketing is really very scientific. Now, I've, I've always realized it's scientific. I'm not, that, that's not revolutionary. It's just the science of it is interesting because uh, it is not just uh, throw up a bunch of, uh, you know, confetti and see where it lands. I mean, you really, uh, there, there is a science to this and there are some people that are better at it than others. And, and executives need to take it as seriously as they take selling, as they take, uh, uh, you know, HR, uh, which a lot of them don't take all that seriously, but it, they need to take all of these disciplines seriously because they're all, very sophisticated uh, with significant impact on their business. hundred percent true. Uh, we, we were helping a company launch uh, the new great American motorcycle. They'd redesigned. Uh, it was the opposite of Harley Davidson, the heavy iron, the big beefy throaty. And they, they created the sort of European bike. So 
during the journey of helping them, I thought, you know, this is ridiculous. I'm trying to help a motorcycle company. Really, they were an engine company that created a motorcycle. Um, I'm trying to help this company, but I've never ridden a bike. So my wife, of all things, I can't imagine why she did this, but she bought me a jacket to keep me safe and a helmet. And I went and I took a motorcycle safety foundation class. And I'll be darned if what I didn't learn was that riding a motorcycle isn't just all sunsets and, you know, the girl in the back and all this uh, stuff you see on advertising. It's about, uh, it's about gyroscopic effects. It's about stability. It's about counter steering. It's about weight shifting. It's about uh, looking at a corner, you know, they taught us on Motorcycle Safety Foundation, there's steps to it. There's conversions, right? So you, you position your, your bike to the center of the road so you've got room to make a turn. Well, a business should position itself in a marketplace. There's a spot where you reduce your speed, put on a little brake and begin to counter steer, which is a whole other story. It's an interesting science if you read about it. Uh, and that, that initiates the turn. Well, that's marketing. That's the beginning of the journey. There's this point where you ride the bike through the apex while slowly accelerating and putting throttle on. This sounds a lot like a business. It's ramping up sales and marketing, doesn't it? And then there's an exit. There's a point where you can really, you know, put the throttle on heavy and strong. And, and that energy behind the motor and the energy of science and physics actually lifts the bike up and helps it go straight. And you, and you do a slight counter steer. It sounds like a, an executive making an adjustment once the business is spinning up and making a lot of money. I was floored. I wasn't learning how to ride a motorcycle. I was learning how to run a company. It's, it's yeah. an amazing journey. You know, I, I have to say that um, you really touched on some things that are really, uh, you know, somewhat uh, somewhat outside of what most of us probably think about on a regular basis. And that's what uh, Profit from the Inside is all about, is, you know, finding the inside track and, and really kind of putting a little bit of scientific spin on something that a lot of people might take for granted, like marketing, uh, you know. I mean, listen, you said at the very end, you know, you want to position your company. Either you position you comp your company where you want it or it's getting positioned uh, somewhere else, uh, yes. which is out of your control. So, uh, you know, this is the end of the inside track. And, and I just really appreciate you being on the show and sharing your insights. You know, we'll publish your uh, contact information in the show notes if people want to get a hold of you. I know you have resources, books and different things that uh, you either, uh, you know, sell or give away or whatever. And you, people can uh, reach out to you. But this has been a pretty fascinating discussion, and I really appreciate you sharing. Well, thank you so much. It's been an honor to be a guest. You have a really great podcast. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Listen, Sean, uh, nice to have you, and uh, we'll be back in touch. You've been listening to Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. For more insights and to learn more, visit joelblock.com. How about a shout out and a giant thanks to my podcast producer, David Wolf, and his team at Podcast and Radio Networks. Profit from the inside simply wouldn't be what it is without David and his team. For more information or to learn how you can launch and produce your own podcast, reach out to podcastandradio.com. Get the inside track on 20 top business trends for 2020 from Joe Block. Joel's insights bring Wall Street to your street so you can profit from the inside in 2020. Just text the word TREND to 72000. That's 72000. And download your free copy today. Grab your phone and get the inside track on business trends that affect you and your business. Just text the word TREND to 72000 for your copy now.
Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.